When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello, friend, and welcome to Foul Play. This is the first episode of a three-part series exploring the chilling and unsolved Texarkana murder mystery. This haunting tale of terror spans from February to May of 1946, during which a masked phantom preyed upon the innocent citizens of Texarkana, a small city that straddles the border between Texas and Arkansas. In this episode, we'll delve into the gruesome details of the crimes committed by the Texarkana Phantom and examine the evidence left behind. In our next episodes, we'll explore the investigations and the outcome of this spine-chilling case. It was a dark, moonless night in the early months of 1946. The once quiet and peaceful town of Texarkana was now suffocated by an ominous cloud of fear. A lurking, faceless phantom had begun to leave its bloody mark on the small city. The streets, once safe enough for children to play on, now echoed with evidence of brutal assault that would befall you if you dared 
to step out after sundown. Gone were the days of small-town innocence, replaced by a community gripped by shock and panic. Evil had taken roots in the shadows of this once picturesque place, and there was no telling when or where it would strike again. On one fateful night in 1946, young lovebirds Jimmy and Mary sought refuge in the arms of each other, choosing to park their car in a secluded lover's lane, oblivious to the malignant presence lurking just beyond their sight. They reveled in the warmth of their embrace. Out of the darkness, a figure emerged, its sinister intent concealed beneath a white mask. It appeared at the car window, its cold, unfeeling gaze focused on the frightened couple. With chilling authority, the master assailant forced Jimmy and Mary out of their car, demanding their wallets as a prelude to the horror that awaited them. What followed was a merciless onslaught of violence. Jimmy's skull fractured under the force of a brutal blow to the head, while Mary was sexually assaulted with the barrel of a gun. Amidst the sheer terror and brutality, the couple's will to survive shone through as they miraculously endured the vicious onslaught. But as they would soon discover, the nightmare was far from over, and the violence had only just begun. Only a month later, on March the 24th, 1946, the phantom that haunted Texarkana returned. Richard Griffin and Polly Ann Moore, a couple hoping to be alone that night, parked their car on a lonely stretch of road, bathed in the eerie darkness of a moonless night. Little did they know, the same sinister force that had terrorised Jimmy and Mary had now locked in on them as new targets. This time, however, the phantom's bloodlust had escalated to a chilling, fatal intent. As the first light of dawn broke, the bodies of Richard and Polly were discovered by a passerby, lifeless and slumped inside the car. Each had been executed with a gunshot to the back of the head. Richard's body remained in the driver's seat, his grip on the wheel now cold, while Polly's lifeless form sprawled on the back seat in a twisted, unnatural position. The grim evidence of the scene painted a macabre picture of the killer's cruel handiwork. It appeared the couple had been ordered out of the car, only to be mercilessly gunned down and placed back inside the vehicle as a perverse monument to the phantom's malevolence. A patch of blood-soaked earth nearby proved this theory, and it was far from over. The terror continued on April 14, 1946. Paul Martin and Betty Jo Booker, two young high schoolers, were enjoying a night out when the phantom struck again. Betty Jo had just finished playing her saxophone at a school dance, and Paul had picked her up to give her a ride home. The young couple never made it to their destination. Their bodies were found the next day, brutally murdered. Paul's body was discovered first, lying in a ditch by the side of the road, 
riddled with bullet wounds. Betty Jo's lifeless form was found a short distance away in a wooded area. She had been sexually assaulted and shot twice, once in the chest and once in the face. The dread that had settled over Texarkana grew more potent with each passing day as the community reeled from the phantom's unspeakable acts. On the night of May 3, 1946, the phantom would strike one last terrifying blow. Farmer Virgil Starks and his wife Katie were nestled in the safety of their modest home, seeking refuge from the terrible events that had befallen their small community. As Virgil sat in his favorite armchair, his tired body sinking into the cushions, the couple was blissfully unaware the phantom's evil glaze had fallen upon them. Almost like lightning, the phantom struck with ruthless precision. The chilling sound of gunfire ripping through the stillness of the night. A bullet tore through the window, finding its mark in Virgil's neck as he slumped lifelessly in his chair, blood staining the fabric beneath him. Katie, her heart pounding, quickly scrabbled to her feet, desperate to call for help. But the phantom was relentless and more gunshots pierced the air, shattering the glass of the window and sending shards flying like daggers. One bullet grazed Katie's face, but she found the strength to flee, her survival instincts propelling her through the house, even as her blood trickled down her face. Miraculously, Katie managed to escape the phantom's grasp, her desperate pleas for help reaching the ears of a nearby neighbour. But for Virgil, there would be no reprieve, his life snuffed out by the merciless hands of the Texarkana phantom. The crime scene bore the hallmarks of the phantom's sinister work, the shattered window, the spent bullet casings, and the blood-soaked chair where Virgil had breathed his last. Nobody could tell this was the phantom's last murder, so the community, now even more on edge, feared sundown and stayed away from the windows at night. It seemed you couldn't even be safe inside the four walls of your house. In the wake of the phantom's final chilling act, the authorities scrambled to piece together the fragments of the horror that had unfolded, desperately seeking to uncover any clue that might lead them to the phantom's identity. The crime scenes, now macabre shrines to the phantom's brutal deeds, were meticulously combed for any shred of evidence that could be found. From the lovers' lanes to the Starks' blood-stained home, the investigators found themselves faced with a chilling array of evidence. In each scene, the sinister hallmarks of the phantom were evident. The cold, methodical violence, the execution-style shootings, and the disturbing sexual nature of some of the attacks. The spent bullet casings that littered the ground spoke to the killer's proficiency with a firearm, while the shattered glass and broken locks displayed the phantom's relentless pursuit of his victims. In our ongoing journey, Dissecting Real Life Mysteries, 
I've found a perfect companion in a game that not only captivates, but also lets me step into the shoes of a detective in the glamorous 1920s, June's Journey. As someone who's delved deep into the game, playing through the intriguing scenarios of June Parker, I can personally vouch for its immersive experience. In June's Journey, you unravel the mystery of June Parker's sister's murder. Each scene is a visual and intellectual puzzle, with hidden clues scattered across beautifully crafted locations. What I've enjoyed most is the depths of the storyline. Each chapter peels back a layer of this thrilling narrative, revealing danger, mystery, and romance. Besides the allure of solving mysteries, the game lets you design and customize your own luxurious estate island. Building my estate has been a delightful escape, offering a creative break from the intense narratives we tackle on the podcast. For those of you who enjoy the blend of history, mystery, and narrative depth we explore on this podcast, June's Journey offers a chance to live out those elements in a beautifully interactive setting. June needs your help, detective. Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android, and join me in this ongoing quest to uncover hidden truths and solve complex mysteries. Looking for a new way to unwind after a long day? Say hello to Recess Mood, a healthier alternative that keeps your evenings light and your spirit high. With Recess Mood, you get the pleasure without the guilt. Made with real fruit and infused with mood-lifting magnesium and stress-balancing adaptogens, Recess Mood lets you relax without alcohol or hangovers. It's just 20 calories per can, has no added sugar, and comes in four delightful flavors like strawberry rose and raspberry lemon. I've tried these myself, and whether I'm chilling at home or need a moment during downtime chaos, Recess Mood is my go-to refreshment. It's truly a guilt-free way to unwind. And now there's something special for all our listeners. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com shane and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery holding up? Mine's been draining lately, consumed by the darkness of true crime tales. But amidst the shadows, it's crucial to remember to prioritize our mental well-being. Just like unraveling a twisted plot, therapy helps me untangle the knots in my mind. It's about gaining clarity, finding strength, and reclaiming control over your life. Considering therapy, BetterHelp offers a lifeline in the darkness. It's completely online, giving you the freedom to seek help in your own terms. And with a simple questionnaire, you can be matched with a licensed therapist who understands your unique struggles. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com foul today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash foul, F-O-U-L. As the authorities delved deeper into the case, they began to form several theories about the Phantom's identity and motives. Was he a seasoned criminal? His sadistic appetite honed by years of preying on the innocent? Or was he a deranged loner, driven to kill by an insatiable bloodlust that could never be satisfied? Despite their best efforts, 
the police struggled to find any concrete leads. The killer had been careful, leaving behind only the smallest and cryptic of clues. Arrests were made, and countless suspects were interrogated. But each time, the phantom seemed to slip through their fingers. Its true identity remaining as elusive as ever. In the absence of definitive answers, the townspeople were left in fear. The phantom had gone quiet for a while now, but this wasn't as reassuring as one would expect. It left room for paranoid speculation, and people continued to spread sinister theories that only worsened the town's way of life. The phantom's reign of terror outlasted his presence as he continued to evade capture. With time, the police also felt incredible pressure to catch the killer. The investigation became a top priority, and local law enforcement collaborated with the Texas Rangers and the FBI in an effort to build a case against the elusive murderer. At each crime scene, they collected and analyzed the available evidence, searching for anything that might shed light on the phantom's identity. In 1946, blood samples and fingerprints couldn't have helped the case, no matter how much of them there was on the scene. In these times, the Texarkana police were forced to work with what they had, which was limited to bullet casings, tire tracks, and physical objects in the area. Investigators interviewed countless witnesses and followed up on numerous leads, however tenuous they might have been. The community, still reeling from the terror, provided the police with a seemingly endless list of potential suspects. The phantom had become the stuff of local law, and every unusual or suspicious person found themselves under scrutiny. As the case progressed, a number of false arrests were made in a desperate attempt to give a scared community a definitive answer. The phantom's elusive nature left the investigators grasping at straws, each new lead seeming to only add to the tangled web of the case. One such tip led them to a discharged World War II veteran named Thomas Caldwell. Caldwell's car was found to match the tyre tracks discovered at one of the crime scenes, and he soon found himself caught in the crosshairs of the investigation. Caldwell was a quiet man who mostly kept to himself, his past service in the war marking him as a potential suspect given the Phantom's apparent skill with firearms. A search of his home yielded nothing incriminating, but the tyre track match was enough to bring him in for questioning. During the intense interrogation, Caldwell maintained his innocence, his eyes showing a mixture of fear and confusion as he desperately tried to convince the authorities that he was not the man they were seeking. As the hours were on, he provided them with a solid alibi that would ultimately lead to his release. On the night of one of the murders, Caldwell had been at a local bar with several friends. 
celebrating the return of a fellow veteran. The group had spent the night drinking and reminiscing, their camaraderie providing an unlikely refuge from the darkness that had gripped Texarkana. As the investigators verified Caldwell's alibi, speaking with the bartender and other patrons who had been present that night, it became clear that they had the wrong man. With a heavy heart, they released Caldwell from custody and cleared his name. But his life was forever tainted by the shadow of suspicion. Thomas Caldwell was just one of the many false leads in the case of the Texarkana Phantom, a testament to the immense challenge that the investigators faced in their quest to unmask the killer. Each dead end only served to deepen the mystery. The Phantom's identity slipping further and further away. The police continued to pursue a variety of theories in their quest to unmask the Phantom. As the case grew more convoluted, the list of potential suspects continued to swell, each providing a tantalizing glimpse into the killer's identity, only to slip through the authorities' grasp Among the other suspects was a local mechanic named William Henry. He had a history of domestic violence and a criminal record that included assault charges. A confidential informant had tipped the police off to his erratic behavior around the time of the murders. When the police searched his property, they found a gun that matched the caliber used in the attacks. However, upon further examination, it was discovered that the weapon had not been fired in years, and William had a solid alibi for each of the knights in question. He was subsequently released. Another suspect was Raymond Johnson, a traveling salesman who had been in Texarkana during the time of the murders. He had been staying at a motel close to one of the crime scenes and had left town abruptly after the last murder. Johnson's car was searched, revealing a blood-stained shirt and a pair of gloves. However, Johnson had a plausible explanation for the bloodstains as he had recently been involved in a bar fight. Johnson was eventually cleared of any involvement. One of the more promising leads was James Earl Monroe, an escaped convict who had been spotted in the area during the time of the murders. Monroe had a violent past and a penchant for wearing masks during his crimes. The police tracked him down to a neighbouring state and he was arrested on unrelated charges. Despite the striking similarities between Monroe's modus operandi and that of the Phantom, the investigators were unable to find any concrete evidence linking him to the Texarkana murders. Eventually, they were forced to eliminate him as a suspect as well. Some believe that the killer might have been a serviceman, trained in the use of firearms and skilled in the art of stealth. Others theorise that the Phantom was a local, 
intimately familiar with the area and able to blend seamlessly into the community. As they delved deeper into the case, the investigators began to notice patterns in the Phantom's modus operandi. The choice of secluded lovers' lanes as hunting grounds, the execution-style shootings, and the sexual assault of some of the female victims all pointed towards a deeply disturbed individual with a sadistic bent. Despite their tireless efforts, the police struggled to build a solid case against even one suspect. As time wore on, the case grew colder and the once frenzied investigation began to lose steam. As we reach the end of the first episode in our series on the Texarkana Phantom, we are left with a chilling, unsolved mystery that continues to haunt both investigators and the community. The elusive nature of the Phantom and the numerous false leads that have emerged over the years have only served to deepen the mystery and heighten the fear that still lingers in the shadows of Texarkana. In our next episode, we will delve even deeper into the investigation, exploring the findings and theories that have emerged in the years since the Phantom's reign of terror. Join us as we continue to unravel the twisted threads of this chilling case, attempting to shed light on the identity of the man behind the mask and the unspeakable acts he committed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.